Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder. Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sodder Show. Happy Tuesday. I hope you all are doing very well. I hope everything's going accordingly. I hope your day is productive. I hope it's been fun. I hope it's been, you know, all of the above. I hope you had a great weekend. I uh, hope everything went well. Um, you know, I, uh, I definitely know I did. Um, it's always great to have the, uh, the weekend. Um, as you know, we weren't with you since last Thursday. So um, it's good to be back. And uh, it's the beginning of a new week. Um, we a lot's going on in the media. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I will get to a. I have to get to a lot of things. Um, I do want to say we have a huge show tonight. Um, we have economics expert, public policy analysis writer for Townhall.com, Newsmax, LiveJet, and a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey. Uh, Dr. Michael Bussler, PhD, will be calling in. National security expert, political strategist, best-selling author, and entrepreneur Michael Doherty will be calling in. Uh, Mike Zolo will be joining us shortly. Uh, Director Gianni Rodriguez uh, Paris is with us. Hello, Gianni. How are you? Doing well, man. And we got Josh, Josh Helavati on the phone. How are you, buddy? Hey, hey, hey. It's going real, real well. How are things over in Arizona? Everything, everything is going really good, man. Um, you know, it, obviously the headline. I'm going to get to a lot of things, including Mad Maxine, masculine Maxine Waters, which has really been bothering me. Uh, first of all, though, I do want to celebrate with the travel ban that went through today that was a, finally a success. And understand this audience. Um, actually, real quick to my audience, again, you know, I do this, make this my duty every episode. Thank you all. Thank you all. I mean, the, uh, the, viewing, the viewers and the, and the ratings keep going up and up. And uh, it's truly a blessing. Um, and, you know, obviously I want to th- thank uh, all the guests that have came on and all my co-hosts. Um, you guys have strongly contributed as well. So I want everybody to know that. I want to take this time real quick to thank my advertisers. Um, I want to thank um, just people yeah, and everybody that stuck with me. I mean, it, it's so cool. It's so cool. And such a, I feel so blessed. Um, but but getting, getting to the opening headline, um, I do want to talk about, uh, this travel ban, which was uh, uh, initially put into place in September. Um, but obviously, as we know, it, it kept getting denied, I think, twice. Um, so, you know, this is a victory for everyone. And we know these countries are not sending their best people. These countries are taking advantage of the system. They're taking advantage of immigration. They want to get in here any way possible. And they have, all, they, they have had these loopholes uh, because of poor uh, leadership in the past from our past presidents and, and some of the laws that were put into place, but, uh, but no more. I mean, there's no more bullshit. I mean, these, these Alu Akbar individuals are really, you know, going to have to, um, you know, stay, stay in their zone. I mean, obviously there's great Muslims in this world, but not the Alu Akbar kind, not the one that are radical Islam, Islamic terrorists, you know, not the nut jobs. But um, I'm going to play this clip real quick, and then I want um, – we're definitely going to start talking about it. Uh, but real quick, here is the original report from today, and then I'm going to get Trump's reaction. One, two. Shannon, the 
Um, travel ban decision, what do we know there? It is a 5-4 decision authored by the Chief Justice John Roberts. He says the proclamation, that's Travel Ban 3.0, is squarely within the scope of presidential authority under the INA. That's the immigration law. He says uh, there is no contention. The plaintiffs cannot uh, say that they have been, uh, their rights have been violated, uh, that the, procl the proclamation violated the statute. Essentially, he's saying uh, here that the president acted within his authority, within his scope, when he uh, drafted the travel ban. They also note that there are a number of uh, majority Muslim countries that have gotten themselves off the list because they have complied with what came as part of Travel Ban 3.0, which was, listen, if your country will give us the relevant information we need, they'll properly vet people and uh, they'll actually get that information together before we allow those people into this country, we'll take them off the list. So Iraq is off the list, Sudan and Chad are off the list. He said there are all kinds of things built in here that make this a fair and legal way to handle this. He says also the proclamation creates a waiver program open to all covered foreign nationals seeking entry as immigrants or non-immigrants. He said, based on all of these different uh, things that are part of the proclamation, the government has set forth a sufficient national security justification to survive a rational basis review. So what happens now, essentially, is they're reversing and remanding the case. They're sending it back down to the lower court with these instructions that this is the way they should consider the case. Uh, but essentially what it's saying is that the president is completely within his authority, within the framework of immigration laws as they exist now, to do what he did in Travel Ban 3.0. It is a split that you would expect. Uh, there are some concurrences and additional things, but it's Chief Justice John Roberts writing this, joined by Kennedy, Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch. Uh, Breyer wrote the dissenting opinion. He is joined by Kagan, Sotomayor, and Ginsburg. So not a surprising split there. But I have to say, uh, during the arguments, there was a lot of talk about whether or not the president's statements during the campaign and when he first became president about a, quote, so-called Muslim ban or locking down the borders, whether those things should be allowed in or not, or whether you should just look to the text of the law. Now, it sounds like what the majority has done here, and it's a long opinion, I haven't read all of it, but skimming it, it looks like what they did was stick to the text of the, uh, of the proclamation itself and not delve into those other comments. The lower courts who had ruled against earlier versions and this version of the travel ban had found that the president's statements and those of many of his staffers, uh, they referenced Rudy Giuliani and others, saying that people who had been um, supporters of his, surrogates of his, had made similar comments and they, those lower courts viewed all of those comments as a whole in looking in striking down the travel ban. It looks like here by five to four in an opinion uh, authored by the Chief Justice, they've looked to the text of the proclamation and said the president did not go beyond his powers. So at first reading, it looks like it's a big win for the administration on travel ban 3.0, but it looks like, again, further court action is going to take place now because this is sent back down to the lower court, but with strong guidance and very strong statements from the Supreme Court. Alrighty, very well said. And then I'm going to play this quick clip from Trump uh, on his re on his thoughts on it, and then we are going to get into a whole discussion about this because I have a lot of thoughts. I know you do too, Josh, and I know that Gianni does. So, uh, real quick, um, let's play this Trump clip uh, one three. Thank you very much, everybody. You have probably all seen, otherwise you wouldn't be at the top of your game. The fact that uh, today's Supreme Court ruling uh, just coming out, a tremendous success, a tremendous victory for the American people and for our Constitution. This is a great victory for our Constitution. We have to be tough and we have to be safe and we have to be secure. At a minimum, we have to make sure that we vet people coming into the country. We know who's coming in. We know where they're coming from. We just have to know who's coming here. 
The ruling shows that all of the attacks from the media and the Democrat politicians are wrong, and they turned out to be very wrong. And what we're looking for as Republicans, I can tell you, is strong borders, no crime. What the Democrats are looking at is open borders, which will bring tremendous crime. It'll bring MS-13 and lots of others that we don't want to have in our country. It'll bring tremendous crime. So I will always be defending the sovereignty, the safety, and the security of the American people. That's why I was put here. We're discussing today uh, the funding of the wall, which uh, we very much need. We started the wall. We're spending uh, a lot of energy and a lot of time and started up in San Diego and other places. It's under construction now. We have $1.6 billion. But we're going to ask for an increase in wall spending so we can finish it quicker. It stops the drugs. It stops people that we don't want to have. And it gives us security and safety. So there you have it, guys. And, you know, I want to really kind of go on a quick little rant about this whole thing. If you really look at the significance and the importance of what Trump did with this travel ban, and, I, you know, I have a very strong opinion on this. I have been for months saying that this is a necessity, like this needs to happen. Like there is no doubt about it. I mean, you, you look at everybody, you know, I, I get hate mail from liberals, and I have liberals listen to my show, and, you know, people tell me I'm racist because I want to enforce illegal immigration at the border and because I want a Muslim ban. Give me a fucking break. You know what? Do you, do, you, do you sons of bitches really want to turn into London? Do you want these Muslims taking over your streets, taking over your people, taking over everything with radicalization? I mean, you, you think about it. If Hillary Clinton would have won president, we would have been a country filled with radical Islamic terrorists. It would have been open borders. It would have been a disaster. We would have not been safe. If you want proof, if you want evidence, just go look at the London crime rate. It surged about 500%. And stabbings are every other second in that city because they ban guns. Well, people are still getting guns and shooting people. But the stabbing thing is more common. And, and it's coming from Muslims. Alu Akbar. I'm so sick of that shit. God, and that fucking phrase, I tell you, man, I tell you, that, that phrase, you know, that phrase, Alu Akbar, God, that phrase bothers me. Can they shut the fuck up? God, I, I just, this whole terrorism, this whole ideology that they have, it's so evil and sick. It's sick. It is sick. Um, I want, real quick, though, I know you want to talk, speak, Josh, on this. I want to welcome my special guest. He is a very popular guy, uh, international secu- national security expert, political strategist, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, Michael Doherty, calling in. Thank you for calling, Michael. And you've also uh, been involved with many of the, uh, in, you know, big-time uh, newspapers and, and magazines, and you, you just did a big thing for The Hill. Actually, thank you very much. Uh, the and you're a good friend of the show. Yeah. You've, you've been on before. You're a good Thank friend you. of the show as well. Actually, I didn't write for The Hill. The Hill wrote a profile on the victory I just had in court, <clears throat> just to be completely honest. 
but it was written by Gus Hurwitz because it's a lot better to have someone else bang your bang your drum and blow your horn other than you. So uh, he wrote a story about uh, taking on the administrative state and how how many years I spent doing it. So it's a it's a never ending battle, and it was pretty cool. Uh, and as an understatement. Mike, Mike, you have a great personality. Um, elaborate a little bit, though, about this article. Like, kind of elaborate a little bit to the audience. Uh, well, Gus Hurwitz is uh, one of the professors in Nebraska, and he's also a fellow at, uh, I think, I think uh, American Enterprise Institute. And he does, he's very involved in the, in the administrative state and regulatory uh, and trying to shed uh, light on it through academics and politics as far as how illegal it should be, how unfair it actually is, and how how much power is unified under one agency that we see over and over. So you have a culture uh, of the justices, of the Justice Department that might ultimately fight these things if they're fought back, um, fought against, or the, the attorneys within the, within the agencies, they're are brutal. Um, and, and we're seeing it playing out live on stage right now about how these people roll, uh, whether you think, for example, Manafort is guilty or not, it is not customary to blow into someone's house that has no criminal history on a civil right. issue at 6 in the morning scaring the crap out of people. And the bigger picture is what we're seeing way too often is ter- terrorizing you, intimidation tactics, uh, and, yep. and destruction of your reputation, your finances, your life, uh, intimidation for your children. Um, one of the things that Mike Flynn really buckled on is when it was made very clear that they were going to go after his son. And so all these things are not supposed to be on the table in a, in a country of laws and check and, ba- check and balance power and due process. Yet that's exactly what has morphed in Washington. And it is hardball, vicious, nasty stuff. And uh, when the sharks eat each other, it's fine. But it, it, and it's so common. It is, it is how the Democrats especially keep control of other Democrats in the House, of the House of Representatives. It is, it is how things roll in that town, and it has bubbled over. And uh, so Gus wrote a whole story calling me a hero uh, because of what I undertook, and I won, uh, because it's really unusual to win. But I knew from my position being small uh, – Everyone, you know, everyone in Washington, by the way, thinks you're stupid until you're proven that you have a brain function, and 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 they have no respect for small businessmen. But what we did in my company was diagnose cancer, so by default we're not stupid, and um, and we were outraged by them. So I got a lot of pro bono legal defense. A lot of people put gas in the tank so we could take this all the way, and the Federal Trade Commission got just. They got such a knockout blow by the 11th Circuit three weeks ago, they're still dizzy. Because all these, I mean, I think as time passes, it'll become more clear, but all these parasitic lawyers, all these self-righteous people that think they're saving the world, and because they think they're saving the world, they think the rule of law doesn't, doesn't apply to them, and they play dirty. All that's becoming exposed, and that has to be, it has to be removed, especially when there's no boundaries from from ignoring Hillary Clinton to killing my company that diagnoses cancer to chasing, you know, chasing um, uh, Huckabee's daughter to another restaurant, and then to I mean, all, this is all about the same thing, and it is 
it is uh, lawlessness because you are so arrogant you think you're right. And it's really sick, and it's, it's pretty rampant. Um, and, then, and then you catch these people uh, red-handed, like what they did to the Bundys or what they did to Senator Ted Stevens. And what you notice, which is the big peak of terror here, is that no one's held accountable for this. So when you take human beings and you give them power and you tell them, you show them, you don't tell them, you show them that there's no accountability for your lawless behavior, a lot of people go rogue. And uh, it, it's kind of, it's, it's crazy right now. So, so that's what The Hill was about. The Hill, the Hill article is about, written by Gus Fairwitz at the University of Nebraska, about my, my long battle uh, against the Federal Trade Commission and, and what, it, what it meant for a small guy to, to knock him on their ass. Yeah, very, very, very well said. And, yeah, you know, when I, um, yeah, it sounds, I'm going to read it. I'm definitely going to read it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it sounds very insightful and it sounds very, um, very powerful. I mean, just, just, you know, they're, I, I love it. I love the fact that they're calling you a hero. I mean, you're, you're a very smart guy. You're very, uh, very brilliant. You've done a lot in your life. I'm not that brilliant. <laughs> I'm you, more of a symbol that doesn't give up. I, I never, I never, never let go, and I never, never quit, and that makes a lot. That makes up for a lot of brain cells missing. <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, well, you know what, Michael, you've you've done a lot. Though you've been all over, man, in terms of like business wise, like various uh, different categories, which is very impressive. You know, you've you've done stuff in the in the, in the doctor industry, you've done stuff in the politics industry. You've, you you know, it's 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 cool. It is really cool. I would pre- I would strongly prefer to be a medicine. I've never left. I would have loved. I still miss it terribly. And, but but what they do is so outrageous. It's yep. really important for people to understand that we have to come to our own rescue. And that doesn't mean panic anarchy. Quit electing these liars. You know, exactly. When you're exactly. when you're sick, when you're sick, don't call your congressman. You idiot. That they're not going to know what to do. But, uh, exactly, you know. and you know, I b- before you called in, we were you know we were talking about the opening statement, which is about this Muslim ban, and it's been a long time coming. As you know, uh, this was first uh, put in put into initially uh, put out in September, and it's been rejected twice. So obviously, this time the third time's a charm. Um, you know, totally a necessity though. I've been talking about it for months. How how badly. Uh, this needed to happen uh, for our safety and for our uh, existence and our sanity. I mean, if you look at London, if Muslims have taken over the entire. I mean, they're they're taking over the the, the people of London. I mean, it's not even recognizable anymore. I mean, and that's uh, what I've would been, have happened. I've been in London. I've been in London four times in the past year, and you are so right. It is, and what's happening is in London. And this, you and know, here's the thing. Here's the scary part, and I want you to continue. But here's the scary part. If, if Hillary Clinton would have won, we would have been a Muslim nation. Like, th- this would have been open borders, invasions, n- constantly. It would have been sick. Well, I, I, I think you have to – the problem is that most people don't get over there. And then, and then the BBC is just in the tank. And unless you're, unless you're talking to, to Katie, what is Katie's last name? She's so funny. I can't forget. I forget her last name now. Hawkins? Is it Pavlich, the popular one on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Kenny Hopkins, I think. I'll find out in a second. 
uh, Katie Hopkins, I think. Um, I, I hung out with her at CPAC, not knowing, not knowing how big of a person she was. We had the best time. I had no idea she was such a, a hellraiser. Yeah, Katie Hopkins. Everyone should go to. Everyone should follow her, Katie Hopkins, on Twitter. She is hilarious, but she's also okay. just fearless. And but the point is. You know, you're going to London, and England will accept money from foreign nations uh, if you're just going to spend it there. So all, everyone from all the Middle East is buying up all this expensive real estate and not moving into it. So you have this, these five-star neighborhoods with a lot of purchase yet empty places. It's kind of killing the street. And then you go, you know, by the Marble Arch, and I, and I swear to God, you're another country. And, um, you know, th- this is fine. But here's what's not fine. Like, you know, my parent, my grandparents immigrated from Greece, and right. they came over here, and they they had absolutely nothing. My grandmother never saw half of her siblings again. They went to Argentina. Half of them came to America. Uh, you know, they start from scratch with nothing. They assimilate. Certainly, they stay within the Greek church and Greek culture, but they still assimilate, and they speak English, and they think of themselves as Americans, and they they care about the local. They don't create their own. You know things, and and the problem is uh, the assimilation and the huge conflict in values. It's and it's so amazing to me to watch feminists that are so pro freedom for women want to embrace a culture that throws women back 400 years. Uh, I, I don't understand it, but it is uh, it's it's incredible, and you just have to go to see what's happening in, in England. And the issue is you just have to respect each other's culture. And can you imagine if, like, a bunch of Southern football players just left Alabama and moved to Tehran and never assimilated and just did all that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they'd walk with open arms, and they'd be, they'd be telling you to leave them alone. Give me a break. I mean, you know, we're, we're idiots. It's, it's, not, it's not about, you know, rejecting someone in and of itself is not an ism. I mean, you're rejecting. Uh, a very antiquated culture, but you're also rejecting the fact that it only takes one out of a thousand to throw something and create anarchy. And there, there is a very, um, you know, a thin ice type of culture uh, that power and bullying is acceptable. And I'm not even going to genital mutilation. I, I you know, it's, it, it's, it's just not okay. If they're not going to respect our, our values men come here and try to give it. It's, it's, it's amazing, but it's because they're such an uneducated populace and so politically correct and they don't get it. It's like they're opening the door for the vampire and inviting them in. Oh, it's so true. And here, here, here's the part that bothers me. Everybody wants to say this Muslim ban is racist. You know, the, the, the same thing with the border, you know, putting restrictions on the border and, you know, all these left wing nut jobs, uh, want illegal immigrants in this country and think that illegal immigrants have the right to be here. What about all the people that worked hard to become legal citizens? It's a slap in the face to them. And I've been saying that for a long time. Um, you know, it, it's, one, it's one of those things. But real quick, Josh, I want you to, you know, uh, my phone is Josh. I want you to uh, respond real quick. I know you have thoughts. Yeah, I mean, honestly, today is just a, a, a very big victory for common sense in general. You know, the idea of, you know, it's been quoted as the Muslim ban, which it's not a Muslim ban, but 
Um, you know, a Muslim ban inherently within itself is not that great of a thing. You know, banning someone for their religion would not be kosher. The problem is that's not what it is. What we're banning is people that we know are coming in not following our laws, which is perfectly damn good reason to not let them into the country, backed up by our Constitution and was today backed up by the court system. This is going to get charged, you know, uh, challenged again, uh, but it's much more difficult to challenge, even though I'm sure there'll be some judge in California, New York, or New Jersey that's going to do it. Um, you know, this makes a lot more – they have to really put their thinking caps on to challenge this again. And then it's going to get – whatever they, you know, come up with, again, is also going to get uh, sided with towards Trump because this is a, you know, there's no – this has nothing to do with whether it's constitutional or uh, within the president's jurisdiction. It has everything to do with there are four left-leaning judges, uh, justices and five, you know, ones that actually follow the Constitution and follow the law. So as long as we have that advantage, this is going to continue to go our way, and America is going to continue to flourish because of it. I, 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 Josh, I agree with you. And don't you think it's amazing it was five to four? But don't you, the comments that the judges made that Roberts is kind of like Roberts and, and uh, Thomas are both sending a signal out like, okay, you district court judges, bring it. Because this is, this is what most people, Americans, don't understand because they keep us uneducated. We, do, we are not educated about the, about the judicial system, and when we are educated, it's, it's a nauseatingly politically correct. Like, these people wear robes and put pictures of themselves up on the wall, and they think they're holy to the mound above criticism, and they are actually not above criticism. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's kind of all you got against some of these people who have these lifetime appointments, and they, they get appointed, and they, they are, they get, a lot of them get partisan. They, they go off the rails. They, they don't follow the law like they, like they think they're above the legislative system. It's, it's unbelievable. But at least what I like about this conflict now is at least people are seeing it. I mean, this guy in Hawaii is just, you know, but Hawaii, Seattle, San Francisco, you know, they're crazy. But the beautiful thing is here comes Trump with like six Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals appointments coming. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be flip the table time, and I can't, I, I, I'm glad I get to watch it. Absolutely. Well, well and now, Michael, and my, oh, go go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say now it's a whole nother level of, I mean, hilarious because now now you know before it was just well we don't agree with this so we're gonna challenge this and eventually it's gonna go to the Supreme Court. Well now the Supreme Court just slaps him in the face like you were saying and said you know come at us you know let's let's see what you can figure out to disagree with here. It's gonna be very very difficult. And I really can't wait for these, you know, simple-thinking liberals to kind of come up with something here. That's true. They're, um, you know, they're, they're uh, you can look at their behavior right now as a complete overstretch, freak-out panic. And when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And, I mean, these people are demonstrating their arrogance, their uh, willingness to, to uh, think they're above the law, People that have been to law school pulling this stuff, I mean, you know, forget what they say. Watch what they do. Uh, the fact that these people have been so outraged by who the people elected that they can be so shockingly unprofessional to their own vows and to their own oaths that they took and to what they're trained to as far as separation of powers, it's amazing. But it's important for people to see that. It's not new. 
You know, Randy Barnett, who teaches at Georgetown Law, always says, put not ye faith in judges. And most of us don't have experience with the judiciary because we haven't had the unfortunate experience of entering the courtroom. And so we believe what we're, what's on TV, and we're, we believe the Kool-Aid that we're taught as ideal of the country, thinking the judge is going to save everything. Oh, I mean, it is a nightmare because, especially if you go to family court, I mean, these people have amazing discretion, almost no accountability, and that's really scary. Uh, and, and they all cover for each other, very much like the whole FBI covers for the FBI or Congress covers for Congress or physicians cover for physicians, you know, the self-policing of these people is such power. And we, and that's why the, the way they try to solve this is to have all these courts of appeals. But then the road to justice is only for people that have years and millions. So you've got to be young and wealthy or you're going to get screwed. I mean, by and large, you almost, you're going to get a lousy judge, a real bad judge, a quarter, 25% of the time. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's amazing. And one thing that just came up when uh, the Supreme Court did not take cert on this case of this uh, mentally disabled kid who got a sentence, a long sentence when he was 16, and they didn't yeah. take the case yesterday, is there was one of the rare times I've seen pointed out, which is a fact that we don't understand. Americans don't understand. The Supreme Court's job is not to correct mistakes. And so if you don't have a conflict, you either have to have a conflict with another court so they're going, to stop, they're going to break the tie, or you have to have something of huge social significance. Uh, but they don't like to get involved in specific cases. You have to show – and so there's a whole lot of people that get our dead bodies on the side of the judicial road. And we never hear about that because lawyers can't talk about it. It's a dirty, dirty secret, and uh, it's, it's, that's got to get aired out too. That's why I cracked up when, when Trump – attacked that, that Hispanic judge and went after him like crazy. He was wrong. to The way he did it, I thought, okay, that's cheesy. That's just, you know, childish. But at the same time, I noticed Gorsuch just be so shocked as a judge. I was, oh, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I don't like how he criticized it, but these prima donnas need a whole lot more criticism. They are also, there's such a, a back-slapping brigade of self-congratulatory people. It's, it's, a, it's amazing. No, I absolutely hear you. You're absolutely right. And, and, and Michael, I want you to stay on the line. I want to introduce my next guest, though. Uh, economics expert, public policy analysis, writer for townhall.com, Newsmax, LiveSet, and The Hill, and a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey, Dr. Michael Bussler. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, it's, cool. it's great to have you on. Um, you know, as we were ta- as we were talking, um, you know, D- Doherty, you make a great point. Um, you know, with with the whole with the government corruption thing. I mean, you look at you look at examples. I mean, look at look at stuff like what Hillary Clinton's got away with, and then you know, she's definitely part of the government. Strong part of the Clintons are a strong part of the government. There's no doubt about it. Um, and you look at all of these different situations that have never been solved. Like there's, I. I I mean, can you? Do you think one of many examples is Seth Rich, right? Mm. Uh, who are you talking to me? <clears throat> oh no, I'm talking to Doherty. Uh, real quick. So you're talking to Michael. Who are you talking to? 
Uh, since both your guys' names are Michael, I'm just going to use last name, so Doherty. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Seth Rich, <laughs> I think, you know, I, I, I'm a science guy. I mean, okay, they didn't, so. come on, look at, look at the story closely. They didn't steal anything. Okay, we had, you, we had back this whole two weeks ago. Roy, we had yeah. the stamps two weeks ago. I, I mean, yeah. it's like I don't like the way the family has been manipulated, how they've gone all on top of them. Um, yeah. But at the same time, for, for discourse within people that are not, you know, political wonks, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not prepared to, to basically pass judgment when I don't have information. But I will right. fight with the, for, the, for the fact that we don't have information and that – the ability of the political class, uh, the, the yeah. establishment, to hide yeah. things is terrifying. You want to talk about yeah. something that's real disturbing? Let's talk about what Senator McCain was doing, uh, you know, trying to get the mm. dossier done and with that, that level of unethical behavior. Uh, I've spent about five years on the Hill now. I will tell you, terrifyingly, the new part of that is that the story's getting out. The behavior itself ain't that new. You go up there, it is a shark tank, and there's blood in the water. And that between, just between the Democrats and Republicans, you see the Democrats go at it. You want to talk about, you know, get in line or you're dead. So, you know, th- that I think is a more understandable thing than to just, quote, unquote, know that Seth Rich was murdered. Not that they're not capable of this stuff, but I, I don't, um, you know, I, 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 I'm curious about a lot of things there, but you know, we have a bag to overheads, and that's the bigger picture. Right, and then yep. you look at you look at uh, who was the one uh, Foster. The one, that's another thing. You know, remember when he went missing um, after yeah. with the Clintons? Yeah. Was it what was the name? So, so number two, <laughs> Mister Mister Doctor Bessler. What was name? What you know? Was it Vincent Foster? Uh, was it Vince Foster or Ken Foster? But he, he also Foster, was killed during during the uh, uh, Clinton uh, some of the scandals. Um, you mentioned about uh, Seth Rich. There, there is. Um, it just came out the other day that uh, Julian Assange was ready to make a deal with uh, the FBI for immunity to tell the FBI who gave WikiLeaks the emails and. Assange claims wow. it wasn't the Russians; it was somebody else. Um, now we don't know who what that is because rich? Comey. Uh, well, uh, we don't know, hey, but wait, it very well could have really been. Important. Roy, this yeah, is a it, big deal. Let him finish. This is a big deal. You're missing the punchline here of who who, yeah, who blocked that. Go, go yeah, yeah. So it could have been uh, Seth Rich. Uh, the deal was uh, almost made, and just came out the other day that James Comey nixed the deal and wouldn't let Julian Assange uh, get immunity and tell uh, exactly who gave him uh, the emails. There is some indication it could have been Seth Rich, and if that's the case, uh, I certainly hope um, uh, he wasn't murdered and it was uh, you know, a, a, a crime or whatever they said it was. But there is an, an, a chance that... Uh, if it was Seth Rich and there was somewhat of a cover-up that, um, you know, uh, the Democrats and the Clinton organization would not want, want Seth Rich to come forward, and um, they may have had something to do with, uh, uh, you know, the ending of his life. Again, I, we don't have any facts, so I'm not accusing anybody of any 
anything. But had the information come out, we would have been able to know a little more about this. Very, very true. Very true. And, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where there's so many of these, you know, different, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I want to call this Seth Rich thing conspiracy theory quite yet, but, you know, there's a lot of these different things that people wonder about. You don't find enough information. Yeah. You know, you just don't, you don't find yeah. enough. I mean, it's the same thing with the Las Vegas shooter. I mean, we, we don't even, they hide so much evidence from us and we don't even get to know, you know, certain facts. And, it's the same sort of thing with uh, Parkland. I mean, there's still some secrets that we don't know uh, from that yeah. Sheriff Israel guy. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and the, the way um, democracy is supposed to work and our system is supposed to work, uh, it depends on transparency. Uh, so yeah. when people are hiding things, it, it now leads to uh, uh, other people getting thoughts about conspiracy. If, if they have yeah. nothing to hide, why are they hiding um, you know, the right. same thing hap- uh, is true with a lot of the uh, FBI agents. Tomorrow we have uh, Peter Strzok going to uh, testify behind yeah, closed yeah. doors for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and they the say they're, go- they're going to hit him with some hard questions. I don't know why the American public uh, can't see some of that. Um, if there is some classified stuff that the public may not be able to, to hear, typically how it's uh, handled is they ask questions and then they say, look, I can't uh, in the public uh, answer that, so I'll answer that afterwards in closed session. But the beginning is usually broadcast to the public. Now, why that's not occurring, I don't know. Well, I, I think well, that there's a cult. There, there's – and having – I don't know. I've testified for a conversation. Even, even Trump, real, real quick, Doherty, even Trump you're, – you're right, though, Bustler. Even Trump tweeted <laughs> they should broadcast the Peter Stork thing on TV so yes. everyone can see it. Right. Absolutely. That, that, so who's his lawyer? Okay, so who's – because that is something his lawyer is going to negotiate. And somebody in Congress blinked because Congress – let me tell you something. I can, <laughs> it drives me crazy. Congress you, you've, lived some of the, you've lived it, Doherty. What? You've lived it. I mean, you've lived through all this. You know oh, yeah, all I, I'm saying these <laughs> – these, these staff attorneys do not have experience in depositions. They do not have experience in negotiation. Uh, these congressmen don't have experience in the law. So listen, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't, we elect, these, these, we elect weird people in a lot of these districts. And, you know, you get, <laughs> Say that I mean, again. it's just bizarre. And so you, you see, you know, when you get elected, doesn't mean you get a, get a, a big B12 shot and a bunch of brain cells. And so, you know, if you've got a really sophisticated lawyer and they're out there big time and you've got your butt on the line and, and right. then the first thing you do is you go in and it, it's not tough. I've, I've seen it happen. I've seen people that I was testifying uh, about and against hire big expensive lawyers that are calling staffers that are yelling at them. They're saying things like, when you get out of here, you won't be able to work in this town. And, and you got to know Uh-oh. the game in Washington, especially in Congress, because in Congress, they, they you know, these, these are young people that are looking for the big job when they get out of there, and that's how you prep. And so, you know, I'm real curious who his lawyer is, what his background is, what his contacts are in Congress, because you start negotiating for your client, and gloves come off, and they play rough. And these young yeah. <laughs> kids that are running, running a lot of these staff things. I mean, 
these uh, a lot of a lot of these things are, are really um, will buckle. And you know, I'll tell you something. There are very 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 few congressmen like Garaisa that'll put their foot down. Most of them are theater actors that are full of crap, like Jason Chaffetz, <laughs> you know, or, or John Boehner. And so, you know, it, it's a great observation, but it doesn't surprise me. I want, I want to find out who the lawyer is. I'm, I'm sure they went and yelled and shoot out and screamed at some people and, and someone blinked. And, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I don't uh, recall his, his uh, Strzok lawyer's name, but he is uh, somewhat of a, uh, I would think, a sharp attorney. Two days before uh, Congress said they're going to subpoena Strzok, yeah. his lawyer got out in front of it. And he said, right. uh, knowing the subpoena was coming, uh, he said, uh, look, Peter Strzok is willing to testify. He's not going to plead the Fifth Amendment. Uh, he's, he wants to come in. He wants to clear his name. I can't imagine how he's going to do all that tomorrow. But the public perception now is, hey, maybe Strzok is, in, in spite of uh, the damning um, emails that he sent, you know, people start to think, well, if he's willing to come out and talk about it, you know, maybe he does have a, a side to the story. Again, I can't imagine what it is, but uh, I think his lawyer uh, made a pretty good move by getting out in front of the subpoena. I agree, because and here's the problem. I mean, these these people have, have drunk the Kool-Aid that these hearings are actually <laughs> serious hearings. They're theater. Yeah. I mean, the camera, I mean, I've sat there at the table, the camera's on you, the camera's on the chairman. The camera's on who's asking the question. The camera's not on the rest of the committee. And here's what the rest of the committee's going for three hours. Half of them are gone, half, and, then, and, then, and, then the, and those empty seats change like musical chairs. They leave, they come back, and when they're there and you're testifying, they're not looking at you. And they're not paying attention. It, it is just absolute fear to give the impression that something's going on. And it's all usually leverage for what goes on behind the scenes you know, in a transcribed interview uh, or something like that. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I um, It's tough. You know, Craig Gowdy gives great theater on these things, but I, but I think he was a little too in the bag for the FBI and the DOJ. <laughs> and, you know, things just didn't get done. And, we, you know, there's, there's not a lot of Donald Trumps. There's not a lot of Daryl Isis. I mean, this whole, these, these, these committee things are just to give the five-second soundbite to their constituents. Look, see, I'm doing something. And, 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 and we have a whole lot of people that aren't engaged. And, yeah. and, and Mike, Doherty, you bring up a great point because, you know, look at, look at what's going on. I mean, every single day it's like another revelation, like we're finding out something new uh, from the FBI or from the DOJ that is corrupt or shady. And, I mean, with this Peter Strzok thing, I think this is just the start. This is just uh, warm-ups or pregame comparing to what we're going to be seeing uh, in the future. Because eventually, uh, you know, whether it's McCabe, whether it's Peter Stork, or whether it's Lisa Page, these people are going to have to, uh, you know, say what what really happened. They're gonna they're gonna have to, uh, you know, probably make a deal. There's gonna have to be some immunity involved, yeah. unless right. these people oh. are unless these people are so powerful and so above the law that they walk free. Which I don't think, I don't think I, I think no. some of these people will go to jail. 
obviously, you know, we're not going to see Hillary in jail, I don't think. I, I, I hope so, but it's probably not. But and, and neither with Obama. But the people that work for him, like McCabe, Lisa Page, Peter Stork, I mean, even Comey, I think, could go to jail because they're talking about indicting him. They're yep. investigating him. Yeah. You know, I was um, a little surprised uh, that the uh, Justice Department or Congress didn't give should give immunity to somebody in return yeah. for that somebody telling everything he knows. I thought McCabe is who they were going to give immunity to. The guy's lost his retirement uh, a couple days yeah. before he was ready to retire. They they yeah. fired him. He's got a criminal investigation. He's likely uh, to go to jail because, uh, I mean, he lied to the FBI. I thought they would offer him immunity in return for him telling everything he knows about everybody. And well, so you're, you're McCabe might go not, free, but, but, but they find out. You're, you're, absolu- you're absolutely right. Thing. You're absolutely right about the McCabe thing. But here's the thing. I And that, that's, lastly, that's the last thing I read. And I also read recently after that that he was suing the FBI and the DOJ. So yes. I, Andrew yes, McCabe, he is. So I don't really – so, you know. But also, listen, this is the 21st century, and – uh, you know, first of all, the FBI still is got to be purged of, of people that are hiding. Yes. Things. There's just not two of them that can do all this. Number two, there's all this technology out there, and they're leaving fingerprints. So, you know, we don't need to we don't need to necessarily uh, give him immunity. We're not going to pull the Eric Holder, Barack Obama, Loretta Lynch School of Justice, where where they bring in all the criminals <laughs> and give them all criminal immunity and then let them walk and go, oh well. And they think they've right. covered up because they're going to hand the baton off to Hillary. I mean, I think history is going to be absolutely brutal to these people. But what is yeah, worse than history? What's worse than history about being brutal is how the utter lack of accountability. When you have no accountability for people at the top, and you create this classless system, you are going to have anarchy. And you are, you, and people are just going to get set up. And this is, and, that, and the first strike was people got set up when they elected Trump. And now you have the, these, these, the liberals and the establishment throwing a fit for different reasons. One because they're <laughs> dumb, and the other is because they don't lose their power or be held accountable. But, and Trump um, is successful. Right, right. And so, and but we're, we we have to get enough story out to see it. And uh, this is the thing about social media. I, I you know, it, 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 here's the thing. I, I always talk, when I talk about this publicly, when I have like an hour to give a talk, I say, look, you, you got to get to the original thing here. And this is not a little, this is not a weed that started the day Barack Obama got elected. This is a weed that started the day that Woodrow Wilson became president. And that is over a century ago. There's a part right about that time in American history where we departed uh, our, our, our founding principles of the separation of powers and a whole unified type of very powerful, you know, agencies proliferated. And they've, over the decades, they've got to a massive tipping point. And they all know, believe, they all know that this is not a little message that, that you want broadcast, but it's an absolutely wonderful gig. I mean, you, 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 get, you have the, the, the idolatrous public who don't get it or drinking the Kool-Aid. You got a lifetime guarantee. You got really good pay. You, you got immunity. Uh, and and, and you're, you're just dug in for life. I mean, who, who would want to who'd give up that gig? 
but, but like, like any type of uh, autocracy like that, it ultimately fails. And where they really screwed the hooch here is everything's gone wrong with cybersecurity and medicine. They are, they are just, they're incompetent and they're corrupt, depending on what topic they're in, and we're finally beginning to see it. So I, I like the tension, actually, because I don't think any disease gets cleaned up by ignoring it, and disease yeah. is bad and painful, and we're in the middle of this. But it's real important that people understand that uh, we haven't had an honest civics book in a century, and that's why people are so confused, because it starts with honest, accurate education. And we've been getting a half-truth. We haven't been getting a lie. We've just been getting an an incomplete story. Let me, um, let me throw out a question. Let me throw out a question if I can. What, what do you think of uh, FBI Director Charlie Ray? Christopher Ray. Me? Uh, yeah. I think Chris, Chris I Ray. think Chris Ray. Chris uh, Ray, I'm sorry. Probably sorry. I, think he, I think he took the job. I think he's probably sorry he took the job. Um, I think th- there is a fraternal order within the upper echelons of law and and the FBI is really nauseating. I mean, and the the having coming from a law enforcement family, you know, and more of a street crowd, these coiffed, you know, white shirt, triple pressed, heavy starch leaders that have never been out in the street and come from big law are really a pain in the ass. And and he mm. is nothing elitist. Uh, just he's a rubber stamp of that same clique. Uh, he's not going to go against his team. He's not going to go against his fraternity brothers, so to speak. I was afraid of. And it's and it's a problem. I mean, the FBI wants to clean itself up. It has to stop with that type of leadership because those people are. I mean, look at them. I mean, they're just so full of themselves, and it it demoralizes the investigators. I mean, I know investigators in the FBI right now that are really, really pissed, um, really pissed, and and demoralized because. This has seeped down into their investigation where people don't want to come to them with leads or people don't think the FBI is going to have their back or people don't trust them anymore. Mm. When you have a violation of trust this big, and that's the problem with these guys, is that they're protecting, you know, their, their brethren. So it's, it's very, you know, it's very good fellas without the killing. <laughs> you know, it's very, yeah. the Sopranos yeah. go to Washington. Really <laughs> so I'm not, I, you probably can tell I'm not a big fan. So, so Ray seems more concerned with uh, protecting the image of the FBI than actually getting at the truth and cleaning up what the problems are. Is that pretty much what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. And I think they don't yeah. have the true respect of the working class, work, working class, if you will, of the FBI and the Justice yeah. Department. The Justice Department is a whole different story. Those guys, you know, it's, these, these agencies are so political. I mean, you've got to have, it's on what you bring, it's on what you win. So it creates this culture of just trying to climb a ladder and you're, 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 you're choosing crimes to enforce for your own career advancement. So you choose low-hanging fruit, easy stuff. Uh, you don't investigate hard. I mean, there's a lot of, and, and, and then they have a solemn moral outrage, like, how dare you question us? We are, our duty is to blah, blah, blah. We have a solemn honor. Yeah, no kidding. You know, the first thing that I always question is when someone doesn't want to sign a, sign a contract and say, uh, you know, shake my hand, it's a trust thing, you're questioning my integrity. You know what? Hmm. Christ wants me to do that, great. Anybody else? No. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. 
Hey, so I, Doherty and uh, and uh, Bustler, I do I do want to switch topics. I know actually, Josh, I know you have some thoughts. Go ahead, real quick. I mean, I, I, to go really really fast. I uh, I, I mean, no, you don't the, have to go uh, really really yeah, fast. Yeah, I, Take your time. Take your time. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the FBI has a lot to to answer for, and you know, I, one one thing I'd like to point out is we were talking about, um, you know, it's going to be a closed uh, uh, hearing here that, that when they're going to be talking to Stork. So I, you know, I think that's a little bit. Yeah, you know, I understand why they're doing it, obviously, but you know, it's a little bit annoying because obviously you and I and everybody else in the call would like to hear <laughs> what the heck exactly is going on. Uh, so I wish, you know, I wish that wasn't the case, but, um, you know, in the end, I'm glad at least, you know, they're going to be acting like they're going to be, you know, answering for some things. We'll see, we'll see if, you know, indictments actually come down or not. Um, I think that they will eventually to whom and when we will see. Um, but, you know, the, the FBI is taking a major kick in the teeth right now. And, uh, you know, they're, I can't think of a time when their image was, hurt you know as been as so you know as worse than it is now you know they do not look good at all you know normally people look up to the fbi and they look really bad well said josh very very well said um you're you're absolutely right um and, and and here here's the thing that i look at is that i see i just see i'm i'm skeptical and i am kind of a little concerned because we've seen this many times before. And I want to move on to the next topic in a second, which is Mad Maxine Waters, which we're going to get to, which I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about. But real real quick, before I leave this topic, we see these kind of meetings with Pete, like guys like Peter Stork and all of these other corrupt people that have gone like gone on behind closed doors. And then what happens? They come out, nothing happens to them. They walk free. I mean, we see, we've seen this so many mm-hmm. times. When the meeting it goes private, obviously they have something to hide. They're making some sort of shady deal. I mean, not necessarily, but it gives you kind of the, that sort of belief and, and that sort of, uh, you know what I mean? I mean, there, there's something not yeah, right sure. here. Why can't, every, why can't everybody see it? Everybody saw uh, Rod Rosenstein. Uh, you know, testify. Everybody saw these other people test. We saw Kirk and Hillary testify on Benghazi and on her emails. I mean, why can't we see Stork? Because they, because they were politicians. They had to go and and make their thing. They, this guy doesn't have to be in the public for his own own self interest. Hillary needed to do it, or it looks like she was going to do it. And but I'm telling you, I have to say, if, if you. With all due respect to Congress, it's it's terrifying how incompetent they are. I mean, it's mm. just not that and big corrupt. of a deal. What you get, what, and look at look at what's going on. What is missing from all those testimonies? Accountability. Oh, and then a year mm. later, we go. Oh my gosh, due to FOIA or this or that or Judicial Watch, uh, you know, uh, Clapper lied or Comey lied or Hillary lied. Okay, so what do I see now is that everyone's lying, and what am I not seeing? Any accountability? What does that tell you? I mean, just put it together through observation. Just forget what people say, yes. but watch what they do. Okay, right. the enforcers are not enforcing, right? Now you look at look at this guy. You know, struck tomorrow. He has no self interest in, of getting the public to to know his face. 
uh, you know, and they all know this, we have a short attention span theater in this country at a, at a, at a terrible state where we have the attention span of a tweet. Uh, since we don't pay attention, <laughs> we have had our, 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 we've had our education of how the government really works denied from us. So it's really easy to keep us docile and circled and confused. And he's got a lawyer that goes there and says, oh, it's totally unnecessary. He doesn't need to subpoena it. And Bob Goodlett, I mean, I don't know. What, what the hell is Bob Goodlett? He's walking out the door. He's not going back to run. I, I mean, I've actually met him a few times. He's a great guy. What? Who blinked where? I mean, I don't, you know, mm. I, but this is, what, this is what happens, see. What happens is they start negotiating crime. They get so much pressure from leadership from both sides. Like when I was testifying, ISA was getting so much heat about the entire thing I was testifying about from uh, Elijah Cummings, Jerry Rockefeller, or about, uh, John Boehner. And, and all, you know, it, it is, it's just a, it's a constant 500-wheel moving piece and everything's negotiable. Blood, bodies, brains, you know, crime, it's all negotiable like they're all just chips on the table. And so, you know, who knows what backroom deals are going on for this? Uh, because who knows what else they could try. But this is, this is all because Congresses and the executive branch of the 20th century screwed the hooch big time. And, and these people have so much power, they don't want to give it up. It's a great game. So yeah. in other words, in, in other words, in a lot of ways, it's to protect their image because I mean this is a mess. No, it's to protect their ass. Because yeah, the house that too. Was like so that's what I meant. That's, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 like it's a protection. Look at who, who wants to be held accountable, especially when you're in a place that's basically nonstop anarchy. I mean, Congress, the Hill is lawless. They make the laws. They don't have any laws. So it's the yes. most lawless, crazy place you've ever seen. Right. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's, I, I, it's uh, and people don't get it. Yeah, hmm. no, I, absolutely, one hundred percent. I do want I do want to get to this though, and, and everybody's been talking about this. Uh, Mad Maxine, low IQ, uh, Maxine, uh, drag queen, uh, Waters. Um, you know, is is at it again. This time she's calling for violence on Trump supporters. If you see him at a gas station, if you see him at a grocery store, you see him anywhere, you give him hell. Let's play this clip, and then let's talk about it. And let's also talk why the hell she's not being held accountable and why she's not uh, being – I mean, I know there's people condemning her and telling, saying it's not okay, even from her own party. But at the same time, that's not enough. Because if a Republican would have done something like this, they would have been done. So I'm going to play this clip yeah. real quick. I mean, this woman, this woman is a, what a nut job. And the fact these kind of people can get elected in uh, it as an effect, I mean, it, it doesn't just make you sick. These are, these people are dumber than bricks. Nancy Pelosi, uh, uh, you know, Maxine Waters. Oh my God. Jesus. Uh, one, one, four though. Here's the clip. We want it done now. We're going to insist on it. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Already, you have members of your cabinet uh, that are being booed out of restaurants. Who have protesters taking up at their house. Who sang no peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. 
And guess what? We're going to win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, just sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side. On the side of the children. On the side of what's right. On the side of what's honorable. On the side of understanding that if we can't protect the children, we can't protect anybody. And so, let's stay the course. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore. Any- Jesus Christ, what are, wow. what are the, her supporters going to do? Wear their pussy hats and try to uh, harass Trump supporters? I mean, I mean those, you know those pink hats I'm talking about, I'm sure. But, yeah. I, I mean, Jesus, Rory, do, Jesus do, do, Christ. Do, do, you mind if I go, do you mind if I go in on this a little bit? Yeah, go ahead, Josh. I mean, you know, as, first off, as a Christian, let me just address the fact that she thinks God is on her side. Oh my goodness gracious! How wrong! This woman is delusional. This just goes to show. This goes to show that when you break down, you know, the Bible or Christianity at any point, and then you know, preach it like it's the full word, it breaks. It breaks people down to thinking that God is backing them. It's 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 sad. I mean, I feel bad for her because she thinks that she's within the right. Like she thinks God's on her side. Like, I don't know if she was just saying that to get the crowd riled she's, up, but, like, if she legitimately thinks God's on her side, she is so <laughs> lost it's not even funny. She's not worshiping any God whatsoever. She, I mean, that's everything she was saying was strictly satanic, and I barely use that word ever. Like, you know, I, it's it's so absolute. It's, it's not only is it so not Christian, not what God would want, it's also just so absolutely outrageous in any society, whether you're a Christian or not or whatever, she's just a nut job. She went completely left field. I mean, I haven't heard somebody go that left crazy in a while. You can't just, you know, randomly start shouting things and then being like, and because you're a Democrat, God supports you because of the children. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I, boy, I, it's, it's, it infuriates me. And here, real quick, let me let me touch on this, and then I want I want Doherty, and I guess I want Bustler to respond to this. Yeah, yeah. Here's how I here's how I look at this. And by the way, Anti Maxi, Anti Mad Max, uh, she only had about 20 people at this gathering uh, cheering her on. <laughs> so it was like in a little uh, play field, I, I think. Yeah, she doesn't get really get a big crowd. But here's the scary part: is her the people that support her and in, and are encourage. Um, they see her on TV, and the left is so hostile. They are so um, insulting. They are so ignorant, and they are freaking violent. Like, these people are the biggest bigots. They want to call conservative bigots, but we are not going out looking for confrontation like what, uh, you know, Maxine Waters is, is trying to insinuate and, and put, trying to, you know, give these sort of, uh, uh, you know, hints and, and any ideas to her supporters because her supporters are so fucking crazy. They'll start doing this crap, and I'm not even I'm, I'm not even joking. Like this, we are in a time of I mean, we're in a civil war. We have been for a couple of years, but.
but this, I mean, we're in a civil war now. I think that is very, very dangerous. Very. Yeah. You know, I would, um, I would agree with that. Um, I was going to say the, the Democrats really don't have anything to run on. And that's what you and me um, so, were talking about earlier. I mean, all they have is yeah. hate Trump, go against Trump, right. resist, 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 resist. And we saw what that did for them in 2016. They lost the election. And it's the same sort of pattern and cycle they're doing then that they're, that they're doing then that they did, they're doing, you know, now. I mean, it, it's the same. I mean, they're, they're totally uh, playing, you know, portraying the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Look how arrogant, look how arrogant they were during the 2016 election. They were so confident that crooked Hillary was going to win. They kept talking and blabbering their mouth and kept, you know, saying that the Republicans have no chance. They're, you know, Republicans are out of their minds and they're saying this, they're giving the same message now that they gave then. And all it does and I've seen a cycle. I saw it when Trump was running, and ever since he announced his candidacy, that the more they go after him, the more they insult him, he just gets more and more popular, and people are getting closer Longer. to him because they're sick of the, um, you know, the establishment and these you know, pigs in the media lying so much. Yeah, you know, I think this, this is going to be a, a real uh, losing strategy for them in November. They're going to say, well, we're going to repeal the tax cut. Meanwhile, by the time November rolls around, the, the second quarter GDP number, which will be due out in July, will be probably in the 4.5% range for growth. The third quarter, which will come out right before the election, will also be over uh, 4% growth. And they're going to talk about we want to stop Trump. We want to repeal the right. uh, uh, tax cut that Trump put in. How are voters are going to say, wait, I don't want you to repeal this. This is working. I've got a better yeah. job than I've, I've had. Uh, people that were discouraged workers are now coming back into the workforce. This growth is providing opportunity uh, for nearly uh, everyone. And, and I think that personally, I think that Democrats are going to get shellacked in November. I wouldn't be surprised to see the uh, Republicans have 57, 58, maybe as many as 60 uh, Senate seats and increase the lead in the House of Representatives simply because the Trump's policies, the Republican policies are working. He's confronted uh, North Korea. He's forcing Congress to uh, uh, come up with a solution on immigration. The economy will be going uh, strong. I think this trade war is going to start to uh, show some positive results as uh, everybody, the foreign countries come to the table and Trump's able to negotiate free and now fair trade deals rather than lopsided, the Democrats have nothing to run on in November. Yeah, and two things, real, two things real quick, Doherty. I know you want to respond. Two things, though, real quick. Another thing about the economy today, a big report out, OPEC has bowed to Trump's demand for cheaper oil. I mean, just look at that right there. How, that's so yeah. significant and so pivotal and lucrative. And another thing. There's a new poll out today from CNNBC, which is, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the business channel, which is somewhat yeah. left-leaning for the most part. But now, yeah. according to their poll, majority of Americans approve of Trump's handling of the economy. Go uh, ahead, Gordy. Uh, well, I want to I note that the 20 people at the, at the, at the uh, 
<laughs> at this rally corner and how much time she gets stirring the pot, stirring the pot. And this is, this is all a red herring war. I mean, you know, Trump can provoke these people while he goes and does his thing, and she's dumb enough to do it. But, you know, what you have is a, a really ultimately pathetic situation where this this woman is exploiting the ignorance of poverty and the race of her of her, of her constituents. No, it's worse than it's worse than that. It's not gibberish. She knows exactly what she's doing. She lives a very wealthy lifestyle. She yes. she exploits seven million dollar she mansion like to be exact. So so right. So so it is not you know this is this is this is soulless. Uh, it is it is corrupt. But but this is what happens when you play to your to your base and do all these things. And and and, and but the bigger picture, what I want to point out is like, look, this is. This is these larger people that are losing, trying to start a fire. So they, they, right. you know, they put the kindling, kindling down. They strike a match. They try to blow it up, like Ferguson. I mean, the Washington Post just wrote an article a couple of days ago about how Ferguson feels forgotten. I'm like, Ferguson shouldn't feel forgotten. Uh, Ferguson <laughs> should feel they're totally got <laughs> fucked over because they were exploited. They were, they were, they. <laughs> nothing ever took off there. It's just it's just now as as CNN and 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 might I mean look at what happened in Baltimore they couldn't even keep get a ride going when those police got let go so my point is that um, you know we're winning the heat has to keep on George Soros is in a panic this is what people do it's like it's like a nest of hornets that you kill the biggest frenzy is just before the death. And so yeah. I, I do feel like I agree with, with Mike about I, I think this is going to be a really good uh, election. But here's then, then, then what we have to go to. The, the work's just begun. Because it's not just the left, guys. It's a supermajority of Republican establishment. Okay? When we have this much red rolled and can't get stuff done because Republican establishment people want to sit there on their tail and also enjoy their lifestyle that they built for the last century, and they don't want to admit it's changing. You know, I mean, I love the fact that Mark Meadows, and I love Mark Meadows. <laughs> I, I, I see him every now and then in D.C., and he, 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 I love Mark Meadows because he loves I'm a Hellraiser, and now he tells me. <laughs> Mark Meadows is not afraid of a fight. And when he got up there and shoot out Ryan last week, I'm like, there you go. Or Jim Jordan. These guys are not, you know, rabid, unreasonable, crazy people. They're not. True They're strong. They're smart. Um, They'll play rough, which you got to have. But but this is the thing. It's like, what's next? Uh, because the, one of the reasons my stuff didn't take off in Congress is because so many weak Republicans attacked Daryl Issa. Mm. You know, it's like, so we have a, we have a, we have a really dirty house of our own. And, and, and these people got to be held accountable as well. Not all just rabid nut job far leftists. Very well. Yeah, very well. So no, absolutely. 100%. And you know, what, what bothers me is that what Maxine Waters is doing, if, if a Republican would have done this, they would have been completely ostracized, crucified. Uh, they would have had to – they would have lost their job. Their life would have been over. Asking for violence in the – I mean, that's, that's basically what she's asking for, violence in the streets. Beat up Trump supporters. Harass them. I mean, this is not 
the American way, and this is absolutely disgusting. No. And she and she won't be held accountable. Let's face it; she's going to get a pass because she's a Democrat. It's such a double standard, and we've known this for a long time. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Had a Republican uh, Congressperson done this, they would have been clamoring for the resignation uh, the next day. Um, right. The uh, the left has the support of the media, and the media is is very powerful. Um, and as long as they, they have that support, they're going to continue to do what they do and feel that they can get away with it because then they'll do it because they can get away with it. Yeah, so true. So true. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know, Gianni, you want to speak on this real quick? Well, yeah, you know, I was going to say, you know, this might not be the American way, but this is definitely the Democrat way. I mean, Look at the 60s. Look at the Civil Rights March. I mean, look at the KKK. All of that was Democrat. You remember they used to beat black people up in the streets and put dogs on them and things of that nature. And this is just right out of the Democratic playbook. And it's violent and propaganda, violence and propaganda and reverse racism. And, you know, I agree with Michael that, you know, it's not going to help them uh, win the next, you know, the next race. It's not going to help them. And I, I believe that they're scared. Because, you know, you look at the CNBC poll that uh, Americans are becoming, are loving what Trump is doing for the economy, you know. So I believe that they're going to do anything, pull up the race issue, uh, pull up xenophobia or, you know, anything in that to even get emotion stirring and propaganda. And that's what that is. And when the propaganda doesn't work, it goes to Maxine Waters where violence enter in. You know, um, I think this could be uh, so bad for the Democrats. I'm actually worried about the future of the Democratic Party. Now, I certainly don't share any of their views, but um, for a democracy to flourish, you need healthy debate. And uh, you need two sides bringing differences and ideas to come up with something that allows the country to move forward. So if the Democratic Party gets weakened so much, that is really not in the best interest of the country. And you look at what's happened since 2010 when the Republicans took control of the the House. President Obama was personally very popular, so he was able to win in 2012. But in 2014, the Democrats got shellacked. In 2016, the Republicans won the presidency. I think there are two-thirds of the states have Republican governors and or uh, Republican legislators. Um, and if the Democrats get wiped out in the fall even more, which I think is a real possibility, I'm a little nervous about the future of the Democratic Party. Agree. Well, I mean, I think that's all good, though. I mean, when you have – this is what happens. This is like a, a natural backlash. When you, when you have that much rigidity – and it lasts for a long time. And Nancy Pelosi is one tough bully. And she has, I mean, I'm telling you, she is, she is just an organism. And she has kept that. Hey, Doherty, you know, Doherty. You, so you, you, yeah. Doherty, just to interrupt real quick, by the way, speaking of Pelosi, now California Democrats are trying to step away from her, but keep going. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you know. Okay, but she doesn't matter. Her district is a bunch of loons, and she'll live as long as she wants to live. Uh, but 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 you know. But anyway, she. Um, so so the point is, what was my point? I forgot. Uh, the the oh the, the 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 then when because 
it, it takes a massive storm to wipe that out. Whereas if there had been compromise, it wouldn't have so much, um, you know, erratic right. stuff. I mean, but you, when you're, I mean, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is back on television speaking to these people. <laughs> this kills me. I mean, how, how desperate and stupid are these people? I mean, they have the most unlikable, corrupt, unbelievable people up there. And, and you know, it's, it's, the echo chamber is, that they have is very tight. It is, you know, Rachel Maddow, MSNBC, uh, you know, CNN. And, and, and it's going to take a big flip. It's, 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 not, it's not one smack in the face. It's going to take several. This, is, this regime has taken a century to build. It's going to take more than a term to take down. Uh, and it's, but it's pretty cool stuff. Um, because we have things like the internet where they they can't they can't silence you anymore. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It, now, as much as uh, as much as people complain about uh, Trump and the things he says in his tw- Twitter account, um, th- this is really the first time that the president very quickly can speak directly to the people without a a third party, without a journalist uh, rephrasing what. The president said, so you're getting unfiltered Trump. Now, sometimes that's a little bit of an issue, but um, for the most part, people get to see what the president actually feels and what he wants to say about things and what his positions are. I think uh, this communication that Trump has been able to make with his supporters, I think, is excellent, and it allows for that open communication, um, and that's going to put good ideas forward. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Absolutely. I mean, it really is. Yeah. It, it's just, it just cracks me up. I mean, because, and, and I would have, if I didn't spend so much time in Washington the past five years, I would have had a completely different opinion. But, but <laughs> I, I say, I always, and I have the same line. I said, you know, we weren't, we weren't electing the Pope. And, and so it kills me how the left comes out suddenly. They're so amoral and immoral and so ignored so much immorality and corruption. And then Trump wins, and it's a light, a light switch goes off, and they're suddenly all born-again Christian. And they don't get why that's not working, because, you know, no one's ever used the word pussy before on a tape <laughs> 10 years ago, and they didn't know they were being recorded. No one, when they're talking to another guy, acting like Mr. Hotshots. That's really weird, and that outrageous behavior is just, you know, that, that, that dwarfs the outrageous behavior of the Clintons or Monica, you know, of, of all the corruption that goes on in that town. It's just absolutely laughable that they have chosen moral outrage as a campaign strategy. <laughs> How stupid are we not? Michael, you you bring up a funny point because I talked about this on my show last week. I'm like, aren't the Democrats the same party that is so critical of Christianity and constantly goes after Christians, but now they're quoting Bible verses for illegal immigrants? I'm like, this is so pathetic. It just shows how low they'll go. They have absolutely no boundaries and they stand for nothing. No one likes I mean, to vote yeah, for it, that. It's so pathetic, and and it just goes to show – um, you know, a lot of just the ignorance. And let me ask you, because you have to, somebody has to be dumber than a goddamn rock to be voting for people like Nancy Pelosi and Maxine Waters and Elizabeth Warren. What kind of people are voting? Are these mostly minorities or ignorant white people? 
Well, I mean, you know, um, I think I think a lot of the people they're trying to get them not so much to vote for the Democrat, but they're trying to make the Republican look so bad that you just want to vote against the Republican. She, I mean, but but let these neighborhoods that they're in, these areas, you know, uh, I mean, I'm I'm very surprised that you have people as stupid. I mean, you know, I'm not. Elizabeth Warren, obviously, she knows how to act. You know, she knows how to play the game. But she's not the brightest yeah. bird in the world. But but the woman is the woman is just. I, she sounds dumb. She and so does Bernie. But they've made it work. They've made a fortune off selling scams to people and playing the victim card and saying everything that's wrong and trying to create problems that aren't there. And we've seen it. And same with Maxine Waters. Same with Pelosi. It's disgraceful. And these people keep voting them in. Well, a lot of that has to do. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of that has to do because those people promise the voters free stuff. You know, vote yeah, for me, and I'll give you free college. I'll give you free uh, uh, health care. Uh, we'll give you all kinds of free stuff. I know you can't afford it yourself. So instead of Trump's view, Trump's view is I'll give you the opportunity to earn it yourself so you can pay yourself. The Democrats' view is, hey, I'll just give it to you. Look, the rich people can pay for it. They'll pay for your college for you. They'll pay for your health care. They'll pay if you need welfare. They'll pay if you need uh, food stamps. So vote for me, and I'll give you all this stuff. And that's appealing to some people. Well, yeah, and that and that makes that makes sense. You know, probably because of the, the certain. Uh, areas they're in because if you look at where they're winning yeah. it's it's very liberal oriented it's, it's a it's a lot of liberal ideology authority uh, uh, i know you want to respond real quick well, no, I, was, I was just going to say these um you know there's there's it's sales i mean there is there's a lower educated lower experienced low life experience crowd that there's always going to be and 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 if they're in areas near urban areas, you do what you have to do to close the deal and get to, get the seat. And it's about that power. And you know, this is this when you take a longer view. That's why I always come back to: we've got to start educating people with a fully yep. honest civics book. Because if you keep them dumb, you can, and you keep them poor, you keep them gullible, and you keep them dependent. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we, we've done it earlier. But I also want to go back just real quick to, like, look, the Democrats put it all on the money with Barack Obama. And if you go back now and look, just, you know, as time goes on, you go back and look at his first campaign, and people just detached from logic and reason, went for magical thinking and theater, and, and, they, and, and it, was, it was just, it was terrifying groupthink. He, he's, he's perfect at mass manipulation. He plays yeah. so many cards, the minority card, you know, the promise card, the good-looking card, the articulate Gender. card. He is the magical thinking ideal, so, and, and he exploits. I mean, he had that Colorado stadium with, like, you know, like a Julius Caesar uh, stage. That is unbelievable, and it worked. So they, these people have detached from true thought for years and then what was amazing is it didn't work out and that's what they're fighting more than anything it's like this massive cultural elizabeth kubler ross five stages of death and dying process 
We're like, you know, you can't, you cannot form, coerce, punch human behavior. I mean, you're, you're not God. <laughs> you know, these people are just, they are freaking out. I mean, this, they are freaking out because they had one decade of experiment and it is, and, and we are not in the middle of nirvana and they cannot believe it. So like all children, they're going to have a temper tantrum. Thank you, Ashley Judd. And, and, <laughs> and, and Rory, yeah. I guess here's an, here's an idea about what you said about why these people keep voting. I don't, you know, I'm only a 20 year old, so I haven't been around a whole lot, you know, a whole long and, and time. Josh, the, Josh, yeah, go ahead, Rory. Josh. Yeah, they keep, you know, I'm gonna let. I want you to you say something, but just one second. They keep letting them down, though. But obviously, obviously, these ignorant, uneducated voters don't see that the Democrats don't come through with their promises. But I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of it's it's saying something. They're lying every single time, and these people keep voting for them. But go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that sets me up perfectly for this. Something I've I've noticed with people, you know, you know uh, what lazy people, you know what kind of people lazy people like to be around? Other lazy people. You know, other people that don't want to, you know, don't want to look at the statistics, don't want to actually find anything out by themselves. They like to be around other people like that. You know what type of people complainers like to be around? Other complainers. That's just contagious. It spreads. People love complainers. Love other complainers. That's why people keep voting. Lazy complainers will always vote Democrat because it's first off, it's easy, and they love it. Gianni, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, you know, when you look, it goes for for minorities especially. It goes always back to LBJ's Great Society. I mean, this is an enslavement that we're talking about. I mean, you go to every big city, whether Chicago or Baltimore, New York, Detroit. Uh, Los Angeles, you go to all these places and all of them are run by Democrats. And guess what? They're all in the dumps. I mean, and it just shocks me that black people, you know, or Hispanic people still vote for these people in mass numbers. And that's why Harriet Tubman said, I would have freed more slaves if only they knew they were slaves. So it's a bunch of, you know, you know, black people that are, yeah, that are like, you know what? We, oh, we had a black president. And it, not even not even just regular people. The black church also is very enslaved to, uh, you know, you go to their houses, you go to their churches, and you got a big portrait of Obama. And I'm like, what the hell did he do for you? And that was, that was the whole thing is to dumb black people down, and that's what Obama was. He was the perfect image, you know, the articulate, powerful black man. You know, a black man finally became president, and that really – destroy the black mind right there. And I think what's going on with, you know, Candace Owens and what's going on with Kanye West and what's going on with um, Hispanic Republican minds is really starting to free and people are starting to see, all right, maybe all this Democrat, liberal, free stuff is bullshit. And that's what's been going Mm -hmm. on. We're not working hard. And if you look before LBJ's Great Society, before all the free stuff and the welfare and all that, the black family was very powerful back then. You watch old movies about, you know, MLK, Malcolm X. All these people lived very middle-class lives, very middle-class lives, and it, everything was very close together. And after LBJ's Great Society, when you have all the free stuff and, you know, oh, I don't need my husband. I, you can just give me a welfare check and I'm okay. It, it, when things like that started happening, it destroyed the black community. And it destroyed uh, a lot of Hispanic communities also. So I think it, you, it, it, it's more about the mind. I think that's the whole point. We need to attack the mind with 
logic. Like Ben Shapiro says, facts don't care about your feelings. And I think the more uh, we give minority communities, which votes for Democrats, because, I mean, it's over, overwhelmingly the black vote that wins the Democrats to even get in any office. And that's the problem. Right. We have to go after the minds. And I think that is where, uh, you know, the Democrats are going to lose their power. So if you break it over the black community, that mindset over the black community, you break the Democratic Party. Very well said. Very well said. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I really want to, you know, shift topics a little bit about something, you know, really important um, that I, I wanted to get to. You know, we, we are on a time frame, but I do want to get to because this is very important. You know, with, with what's going on at the border, I really want to debunk a lot of what the Democrats, you know, I, let, let, let's face it, Stormy Daniels didn't work. The gun control didn't work. Now they're on this whole border thing. They're stuck on this border thing. And they want to talk about kids being separated from their families and they're protesting at the border. Why the hell don't they talk about the 24 million American kids that get separated from their families on a yearly basis? Why, why, why are we freaking coddling and catering to illegal second-class citizens that don't even belong in our country? I mean, this, this, is, this is disgraceful. Right. And a new, a new poll out today says nearly half of swing district voters want illegal alien families deported. They want them gone. So, I mean, it's even people even in the middle and on the, uh, even on the left of the aisle sometimes want them out of here. I mean, they, you know, and, and a lot of people in the Democratic Party are leaving the Democratic Party because it has, it has gotten so progressive and so left and, and just shit like this. Is the reason? I mean, this is yeah. this is absurdity. You know, well, it's coming yeah, at the end of the grand illusion. I hope. You know, I mean, yeah. I think all this type of stuff is really healthy to, to for to educate because the other kind of thing that's new, you know, in the last century, there hasn't been a lot of really unbelievably accurate recorded history, right? Now, imagine right. In like 200 years from now when they get to look back on this century. You wish we would have had that type of accuracy back on to look at the 18th century. Yeah. So yeah. can you imagine? I mean, there's so much. Yeah. Can you imagine the day after Trump's presidency yeah. the civil society has a big resurgence? I mean, right. people are going to look back on that, that, that unbelievably gross <laughs> and let's not, let's not, yeah. let's not, and let's and not, they'll be with them like like a bunch of idiots. Quick, like quick. what the hell is going on then? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Real quick, the Obama administration—they're showing these pictures of kids in cages, and and the the, the Democrats look funny. They're trying <laughs> to put that on Trump, but this is from 20, 2014. And <laughs> right. believe it or not. These children are actually getting really good treatment under Trump compared to what Obama gave them. And and this, yes. let's not forget who started this law and, and enforced it. It was Bill Clinton in the 90s. And, and Bill Clinton enforced with, what, what's going on with separating families. So did Obama. Oh, shit. Trump's president now. Everybody fucking screams <laughs> and finds something else to, you know, go after him for and be mad about. I mean, come on. It's just – it's – when do they get over it? Liberal snowflake crybabies. Go ahead, Gianni. 
Huh. It's worked for a long time. It's kind of like the guns uh, always worked and always fired, and now they're still firing, and it's firing blanks, and they're just baffled and confused. And we, But we still yeah. have the echo chambers of the urban areas like San Francisco, L.A., New York. I mean, California and New York, they're a problem. And, um, you know, it, it'll see what happens. But there's leaders that come out of the black community like Kanye, <laughs> and I can't believe I'm calling him a leader. But, you know, you take it, you can get it. <laughs> You know, that you got to speak to these people and they have to learn because these are, no matter what they want to call them, these, these things are human conditions. I mean, you know, human uh, yeah. issues, not just, and, and to be able to make your own living, to provide for your family, to have the next generation be better than yours, that's all universal stuff. And, um, you know, I don't know how much longer, I mean, this whole experiment uh, it, it's like Reagan's line, are you better off now than you were four years ago? That's what someone has to say to the black community. Like, were you better? are you better off now than before Obama's president? What's going on there? But, um, yeah, I've got to step off, sir. This okay. is Jordy, and I've, I've got to step out. i got a very early Dor- call in the morning. All right, Doherty, it's a pleasure having you on. Um, always. Good. Um, Doherty, uh, if you have anything to promote, please go ahead and do it. Oh, well, yeah, it's just the books, The Devil Inside the Beltways on at Amazon, an audiobook, ebook, hardcover, and softcover. And uh, that's all I got to say. It's really good. <laughs> Thanks for talking to you. What about your website? Uh, TheDevilInsideTheBeltway.com. TheDevilInsideTheBeltway.com. Okay, TheDevilInsideTheBeltway.com. Perfect. And Michael Doherty, you're a great friend of the show. We always appreciate having you on, sir. Uh, and you have a uh, you have a great night. God bless. We'll talk to you uh, soon. You too. Thanks a lot. Good night. All right. Bye. Michael Doherty, everybody. We always uh, appreciate him ha- having him on the show. Um, my- Michael, my- my- the other Michael, you still with us, buddy? I'm, I'm, I'm still with you. I can go a little while longer. Don't forget, I'm on the East Coast, so it's after midnight here. Okay. okay yeah, we have about 20 minutes left in the show. You can probably just stick with us. Um, okay. So, you know, what I, what I really want to get to um, let you know. Let's talk about what happened to Sarah Sanders, and let's talk about what's been what's been talking about going on with the Trump administration and the, and his staff getting harassed. Uh, Stephen Miller, uh, Sarah Sanders, and uh, Kristen. Uh, I believe her name is Nielsen, the one that. Yeah. Here's how sick this. Here's H-H-S. how sick this is. Here's how sick this is. The, the the left is encouraging it and wanting this. And saying, "Oh yeah, rock on! Well, you can kick Trump supporters out wherever they're they're pricks." But oh, all hell broke loose when a, a baker refused to bake a cake for homosexuals. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. you can't have it both ways, you know. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where it's the perfect definition of hypocrisy. Exactly, and some of the these uh, attacks, you know, people go in, they they do a job. Um, after work and they're on their personal time, I mean, it is their personal time. These attacks coming after people at their home or where they go out to eat or Pam Bondi the other day trying to go to the movies, uh, it's really a horrible way to act. And I think it does show some of the uh, desperation that the Democratic Party is feeling. We don't have anything. Let's try to rally the base by saying let's go after these horrible people no matter where they are uh it's a terrible way to behave i think it's a losing uh, strategy for them and uh you know something's really got to be done to stop this 
Absolutely. I do, real quick, because we are on a time frame, I do want to make a couple announcements, and we're going to get right back to this topic. Uh, But a new poll shows that Trump is more popular than James Comey and the FBI combined. Very impressive. Um, I do also want to announce real quick, there's a couple other things. Um, Let me see. Um, Let's see here. Um, A big announcement, and this is huge, uh, and this just proves in North Korea, is uh, agreeing with us and getting on our side more and more. Uh, they're yeah. returning. They, the U.S. sent uh, 100 caskets uh, to DMZ to receive a service member's remains, which is big. They also canceled their anti-rally uh, uh, for the U.S. Uh, that they do every year, uh, which is, means more and more. And they also got rid of all the anti-U.S. memorabilia that they were selling in their gift shops and stuff. So that's that's a big step. So this is uh, really yes, is. good news. This is really good news. Um, let Let me see here what I wanted to uh, get to. Uh, oh, big in that. This is big. Sixty percent of Minnesota, uh, the rally crowd uh, at the Trump rally was Democrat and Independent. I mean, there were sixty percent of Democrat and Independents there. That's pretty big. Huh. I mean, c- c- that's very yeah. big. Well, no. Yeah, that is, that is, that is, that's, that's impressive. I mean, it just goes to show yeah. that more and more people are waking up. And this was the Minnesota rally last week, but uh, it, the numbers recently came out uh, today or yesterday. Um, but getting sure. back to the Sarah Sanders thing and the hateful hypocrisy, uh, I know we, we, a lot of people want to, you know, discuss this. This is a major topic. Um, you know, and you had a little more thoughts. I'm sorry, but go ahead though. Um, I, I was just going to say, uh, you know, th- this kind of behavior is not should not be tolerated by by anybody. It, we, we have a democracy. We're going to have differences yeah. of opinion. We should welcome yeah. healthy debate. Uh, yeah. This calling people names and painting people uh, as uh, all these bad character caricatures are just terrible things to do. If you have a disagreement on ideas and on policies, let's discuss them. And Doherty brought up a word there I haven't heard for a while, compromise. Uh, You're not going to get – neither side is going to get everything that you want, uh, nor should you. Um, A good way to move forward is to take a look at both sides and come up with something that is not perfect for everybody, but it's something that everybody can, can live with. We forgot the word compromise. And as a result, you get zero Democrats voting for anything the Republicans are are trying to do. makes it nearly impossible um, to get anything done. I think Trump being as successful as he has been is really uh, miraculous. You know, considering uh, 90% of the uh, news coverage about him is negative, every single one of the Democrats votes against him. There's a big chunk of the Republicans that are still not in this corner. And in spite of that, he's able to get things done. I think this is miraculous what Trump has been able to do. It's very, it's very impressive. And I call him a a profound machine. I mean, he's a miracle man. He's something we've never seen ever in, in our life. I mean, this guy is a, is something that is beyond uh, brilliant. I mean, it's 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 an every day he delivers on a new promise. Uh, Gianni, go ahead. I know you want to respond. Then Josh, go. You'll go ahead. You'll go right after. 
Oh, yeah, you know, and I saw uh, the far left tactics is to say, well, you know, MLK did all the marching and all this other stuff, and, you know, the Greensboro sit-downs at the restaurant and things. But I'm like, this has nothing to do with marching for anything. I mean, no. going to a restaurant to, say, to to the press secretary and, you know, shouting, shame, 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 shame. All right, well, after the shames are over, what do you want Sarah Sanders to do? <laughs> like, what is she going to like, – I mean, what is she gonna do? What is she? She can't pass anything. Like you're not. They're, they're not marching for it. Like they're not marching for any laws, uh, any legislation. They're not marching for anything. They're just marching for the hell of it, just to have fun. And 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 what's really going on is it's like a cult. A bunch of young people on their phones. They want to be a part of a movement. So it's like, hey, you know, you know, Sarah, Sarah Sanders at the uh, Garbage Pal restaurant, uh, the Red Hen, whatever the fuck it is. Um, <laughs> let's go. Let's go in there. Let's march while she's eating, dude. That's cool. We could be on CNN tonight. You know, that's the whole. I'm telling you, because I went to NYU. I went to a very liberal school, and I understand how these people think and what they're saying. Like most of these people at the marches are on their phone. That's the whole thing. It's just to be cool, be a part of a crowd. Be a, you know, that's all it is. So that's my point. It has nothing to do uh, with marching for you know, like civil rights and you know. Uh, oh, you know I'm black. Let's eat. Let me exactly right. Uh, eat in a white restaurant. None of that. It's just all marching for the hell of it. You know, marching is not going to do anything. Going up to a person at the gas station, telling them how bad they are, uh, is not going to bring black unemployment uh, down. It's not going to do anything. Any of that. It's just do nothing but cause stir and get in the media. That's it. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I mean, you know, in all in all honesty, I love freedom. So if they want to say that um, Sarah can't eat in their restaurant, hey, that's I mean, that, that's well, up to that. them. But yeah. then when they turn around, when they turn around though, and say that you can't, you know, I I have to sell cupcakes to uh, you know a gay couple uh, that you know that's having a wedding, you know, it's like you were talking about, Roy. The hypocrisy, the hypocrisy is uh, ridiculous, and it you know, and it goes as far as to to say that. They want us to compromise on our religion, something we believe very strongly in, and they won't even and, – and then, you know, they don't understand when they have to compromise on them just not liking someone. So they're not liking right. someone is, is, is more important than our religion. Well, no, you don't have – you know, you, you have the freedom of religion and the freedom not to like someone, but it also makes you a douche for not liking someone just because, and it makes us fine – for not liking someone because of our religious beliefs. Like you're the right. douchebag here, not us. Right. And the sick part is the sick part is about this religion thing is that, you know, they take, they take it as a joke. They, 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 they think that, you know, we're, we're just a bunch of, you know, especially with Christians. I mean, they attack Christians constantly. I mean, it, it's sickening uh, with some of the things that they say about, uh, you know, my religion, Christi- Christianity, um, as, as well as with the 70% of our country is Christian. But you look at if we say something bad about a Muslim, all hell breaks loose. And that's another thing with hypocrisy. I mean, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just tired of it. I mean, it, it's just – it's one yeah. thing after the other, and uh, it's, it's definitely one of those things where if they want us to respect them, then they should respect us. You can't have it both ways. You can't treat somebody shitty, and you can't expect to – you can't do something and expect somebody not to do the same thing if, if they uh, feel that, 
you know, uh, they need to do that. Just like the, the Christian Baker didn't want to – just that, that example right there, you know. I mean, you know, and I, I – I, yeah, I guess for me it would be the thing that drives me nuts and like you were saying is they try to act like it's the same thing. And, you know, they try to like yeah. act like, you know, Christianity is basically yeah. just a joke to them or just religion yeah. in general is a joke to them, well, especially yeah. Christianity though. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just not. And, you know, I have no problem with Sarah uh, being denied service. No problem whatsoever. I think that that's that business owner's decision. That's but their right. Yeah. Th- exactly. But then you, but like we were saying, you can't turn around and do it the other way because you, exactly. not, you know what the best part about this is they look like idiots. Any, any of the norm, <laughs> like, like you know, any, any of the people who aren't normies are, are completely, um, you know, are like, well, this is stupid. You know, why, why is she denied service? But yet if we want to deny, you know, if the other side wants to deny service because of politics or anything, let alone politics, religion, it's somehow it's, it's different. It's wrong because politics is way below religion on the grand scheme of things. A hundred, a hundred, you know, percent of the time. Sure. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Um, I, want, I want to shift topics um, a little bit. Uh, Mr. Bustler, I want to ask you, yep. uh, I want to get into the, to the economics of things because you are a uh, finance uh, professor at Stockton University and, you know, you're an economics expert. Um, you know, President Trump uh, wants to, you know, and this has been a big problem for a long time and we know this, wants NATO to play their fair share. Otherwise, you know, sure. you know, go away. I mean, they, they love to take advantage, and, you know, they make us look like fools, and they're not going to do it anymore. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it, 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 uh, it's not just NATO either. It's all these trade ag- agreements that we have. Uh, NAFTA ended up um, – giving yep, uh, favorable true. treatment to both Canada and Mexico, the agreements we have with the European Worst deal ever Union. Made now. Yeah. Uh, European Union, if the uh, uh, U.S., uh, if Europe makes a car in Germany or Italy, sells it over here, we put a 2.5% tariff. If an American company sells a car in Europe, they put a 10% tariff. So everybody's in favor of free trade. Got to be as Trump has been trying to emphasize: the free trade has got to be fair. Um, they, 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 when they had the G7, uh, Trudeau, uh, Premier uh, Prime Minister Trudeau from Canada, got together with Trump, and they pretty much agreed they were going to work on free and fair trade. And then Trudeau went back to his uh, uh, people and said, "Hey, we're going to work on uh, fair and free trade." And the dairy farmer said, hey, you can't do that. The Americans produce dairy products so efficiently that we have to put on a 270% tariff on dairy products brought into Canada to keep the, the Canadian dairy farmers in business. Um, so uh, Trudeau right away uh, turned around and uh, reversed everything that he said to Trump in private. Uh, and now we have a big rift between them. You know, an analogy I like to, to uh, put forth is um, you take a look at a baseball game. So the U.S. is playing Canada. The U.S. gets three outs. We feel a little badly for Canada, so in NAFTA, we give Canada four outs every inning. Well, after a few years go by, U.S. realizes we're losing every one of the baseball games. So now we say to Canada, you've got to play on the same field as we are, same rules, and they're all up in arms, and there's a big tip between Trudeau and Trump. 
Right. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, and we have. We we have been taking advantage of and in deficit for so long, and and now we have you know, uh, the, you know Trump, uh, you know putting everything in in order and uh, holding yeah. others accountable, and and that's yeah and that's, and that's, the, that's the, yeah, absolutely he's not a president who's going to look at a problem, come up with a short term solution, kick the can down the road, and let the next guy worry about it. Trump says. Uh, he, he's not a politician. He's a business person. A business person looks at a problem, confronts it, comes up with the best solution, gets results as quickly as possible, and moves on to the next uh, problem. Politicians would drag these things out for years, try to do what's politically correct, and not put the interests of the U.S. Uh, first. It's very um, uh, normal for every country to want their own interests First, you can have other interests too, but your own interests have to be put first. And the U.S. hasn't had that. So there's hundreds of billions of dollars flowing out of the U.S. every year. And Trump says, I'm not going to let that happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. It's so true. So true. Yeah. Um, I do, I do want to, I do want to shift, shift topics. I do want to get to another thing. I did forget to talk, I did forget to talk about this uh, earlier. Um, but it's regarding illegal, legal immigration. I, I talked a lot about illegal immigration okay. earlier, but um, the Democrats now in the House want to abolish ICE. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, that's like trying to uh, abolish a police force in a city. <laughs> Chaos I would mean, result. This country, we would not have a country left. I mean, these these no. people are out of their minds. They want to. I mean, this is this is outrageous. It really is. It's outrageous. And it's a losing strategy for them, too. They're going to, as I say, they're going to get selected. Look at these Hollywood nut jobs going to the border and doing all this protesting for these second class citizens. And I, I, I mean, you get Hollywood involved. I mean, it's just so fake. It's so phony. Yes, it is. And the, because they're Hollywood, they get a big platform. Uh, they're very well known. Um, yeah. And they, it's easy for them to push their cause. I mean, look at what Robert De Niro has been saying about President Trump. It's horrible. Absolutely ho- I mean, horrible. Guy, exactly. I mean, he's a tough guy in his movies, but he wouldn't say that to Trump's face. Trump's about uh, – no. uh, he's way taller than him, and what Trump's way bigger than him. <laughs> uh, De Niro, you know, what is De Niro, what is, De Niro's a short guy. De Niro's a little guy. Yeah, Trump's he is a big pretty guy. small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, but what De Niro know, is saying, and he, you know, he has a platform because everybody knows him, and you know, to curse yeah. Trump the way he did is just absolutely awful. You, you can disagree yeah. with somebody; it's okay to disagree. Um, put right. your ideas forth, but to attract to attack somebody personally, uh, it, it's just awful. It's un-American. It's not the way our democracy is supposed to work. Yeah, and. Um... You know, I I know you're real, real quick, Johnny. I know you have a response. Uh, well, so, well, you know, with, yeah, with the ice age, it's just I think that's racist to do something to the ice age because most of them are Hispanic, by the way. Yeah. Just to add to that, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. In the Hollywood, stuff. yeah, actually, actually, 52 percent to be exact um, are Hispanic. Uh, there's a there's a poll out of ice agents. Yep. Um, but I want I want to get to this real quick because we're on time. We're we have about two minutes left. But real quick before you go, uh, this is a funny story, and I find this uh, the hypocrisy 
and contradiction at its finest. Socialist Bernie Sanders made a million dollars for the second year in a row. He's driving around in an Audi R8, and he's trying to – I mean, it's – you know, the the scheme has worked for him, presenting it to his sheep that uh, quite don't understand the logistics of – what the proper economics uh, entails, and you're an, an econ- you're a, a prof- you're a professional economist. You, I mean, I'm sure you know all about the Bernie scandal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Bernie's got a seven hundred thousand dollar vacation home. I mean, he's three living houses. extremely three houses. Yeah, three he's, houses. yeah, he's living uh, extremely well, and his popularity is: I'm going to give everybody something for nothing, and I'll get all the rich people to pay for it. Share it, if burn, share it with your voters. <laughs> yeah. If anything close to that was ever implemented, the country would collapse, literally collapse. There's not literally. enough Venezuela. Venezuela. rich people. That, exactly. That's exactly what would happen. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really – and who creates jobs? It's the rich people. You don't get a job from a poor exactly. people. I mean, I mean, rich people create thousands of jobs. I mean, that's why these, these right. corporations are hiring all these people now because they got all this leverage and tax relief. Yeah. And in fact, the economy is doing so well for the first time in history, there are more job openings than there are unemployed people, people. more job openings than there are unemployed people. So that's a real sign that the economy is growing. Absolutely. And I spoke about that on my show last week. That is huge. Uh, But we are at a We are at a time. We have about a minute left. Um, I do want uh, you know you to uh, promote anything you have, um, well, uh, Michael. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say um, I am working on a book. It'll be out later this this year. So let me just hold that back for a minute. But you can find all of my columns and my opinions on Facebook if you search "Funding Democracy." The column's called "Funding Democracy: The Economics of Freedom." But if you put in "Funding Democracy," It'll go, and you can read my last. I think there's three, four hundred columns in there over the last four or five years. Okay, excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah, very. Yeah, and, and everybody can do that. And uh, your website as well. You have a website, right? Uh, well, I use that Facebook one as the as the website. You can find it. Uh, my Twitter account has all my columns published at M Bustler, and I'm also on Muckrake. Perfect. Excellent. Um, it's always good hearing from you. Uh, we love it's having you on. It's certainly my pleasure. And uh, we're going to have you back on again uh, next week. Uh, we're going to go over a lot Ter- more things. Terrific. Um, Look forward to it. So, okay. Th- thank you. Um, and uh, okay, you, guys. you've been great. You've been great, man. God bless. <laughs> have a great night. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Michael Bustler, everybody. Great guest. Um, real quick, Josh, if you have anything to promote, go ahead. Uh, your, your Instagram, yeah, obviously. Just my, uh, yeah, just, uh, just my Instagram. Follow me at J-O-S-H-H-L-A-V-A-T-Y. Excellent. And I want to thank all of my guests. I want to thank my co-hosts. I want to thank my audience. You guys have all been amazing. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. Again, that's TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. You can also visit RorySodder.tv. You can also visit GetYourAppBuilt.com. Again, that's GetYourAppBuilt.com. And we also have our uh, new media site coming out very soon. I know I keep saying that. I'm still working on it. It looks fantastic, and I can't wait to share it with everyone. You guys are going to be 
beyond amazed. I mean, it's something very fancy that I put a lot of money and time into. So, um, I, um, we will be back tomorrow night with a live show. We'll have a lot to talk about, uh, the stuff I didn't get to today. I'll get to tomorrow for everyone. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Rory Sauter show. Um, God bless you all. Uh, have a great night. Uh, and we'll see you like, again, we'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Uh, cheers. Take care.